This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Greetings, loyal listeners. You are listening to The Blowhole on Finsider Radio. This fine evening, you have myself, James Radio, joined by my ever-trusty and optimistic companion, Robcast. How did you feel about that preseason finale, Rob? That was some riveting, riveting Miami Dolphins preseason action. I loved it. I actually could watch this team play preseason all day. I was very much enamored with how good we are yeah that was the best yeah that was that was a lot of fun that was a um as far as preseason dolphin games go i don't recall them ever looking that good in a preseason game now the eagles looked equally as bad i must say like some of those like the the bowden touchdown it looked like they were literally playing flag football like they weren't even trying to tackle him um but nonetheless they they started out like gangbusters too looked great the offense looked amazing um, yeah, the, the first string defense wasn't as dominating as I would have liked, but, uh, you know, they, uh, they actually they really stuck it to the Eagles. I thought I was pretty happy with the first string defense because they seemed to get pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. I don't, I didn't like the results, but they're not blitzing. They're not, they're, they're, they're pretty much not running any of those zero looks confusion things. And the fact that they were getting consistent pressure, and and pretty decent against the run. I'm like, that's fine because when when they start mixing in the blitz packages, they they should be dominant. Right. No Howard. No Byron Jones. No. I Nick Needham didn't play either. Right. These were like the, just the, you're talking about just the last game. Or yeah. Just this the was like the bottom of the uh, of the cornerback barrel. Benogany made a nice. Uh, he had a nice PD on the. Uh, I think it was the opening <laughs> drive. I saw. He maybe so. he's playable in a pinch. I hope so. We're going to need him because uh, Jones is on the pup for the first four weeks, which hurts. It does, but um, you know we've got. I do like the way some of the other folks have been uh, playing. Sorry, I let me mute that. My fantasy draft had just kicked off. <laughs> yes, was... it is still the preseason for all of us. <laughs> so. 
Um, yeah, I, I think uh, just my observations, I, there's not really much to say about uh, the offense looked, I thought, perfect. Um, you know, the first string, uh, that was Philly's first string defense, correct? It, it was, was not. not. They, they were not. It, it, no, it was it not. It was not. But, uh, but still, but still, the like the big pass was against like a four deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it still was impressive, but they they did not play. It was not against the starters. Philly was resting a lot of folks, so you know, take it for what it is. But you know, I I like the way the offense looked. I know you know some people were saying Mike McDaniel showed too much. I mean, if I if that's so. like two percent of the offense, I'll be amazingly surprised. And you know what? These guys need to they need to practice in the system. People are like why is Gasicki out there? I'm like he's learning how to block. Let him get a couple of extra real reps. It's not it's not crazy. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think there was I don't think they tipped their hand much at all. Honestly, it was pretty pretty basic stuff from what we, you know, like standard types of uh, passing routes, misdirections. That's just a part of this offense. And I'm sure there are pages and pages and pages of it. Um, it was nice to see Mostert get out there and get some, get some action. That was his first action of the preseason. I believe um, he looked as, as good as I, as a good as I was hoping. I know the last time we spoke, I was really hyping him up. So I think I, for me, like, I feel like he and he and Edmonds are going to be a one, a one B type of uh you know, situational. Um, I think uh, Edmonds is going to get, I think Edmonds is going to be more the one to the Mostert's B. I think he's going to be more of this, you know, 60% than the, than the split. Um, I think, I think this, he's going to fit in this offense really well. Um, but obviously Mostert's going to have a place. He's going to have, you know, his series. He's going to come in for certain downs. Um, it's going to be, it's, going to be pretty yeah. good if if the offense the 49ers have have run in, in the last four years or five years under kyle shanahan as any indicator which i i believe it should be um you know they'll probably use that same approach of you know it's definitely a committee of running backs they do it is very run heavy so they both should get quite a few touches in this offense i think it'll be dependent on you know obviously game situation schemes matchups uh but i think they're both gonna they're both gonna get a lot of touches um we'll talk a little bit more about how the, the 53-man roster uh ended up but the preseason as a whole um I, I was really happy with what i saw from this team um you know the raiders game I, you know sanders missed one field goal all preseason it was the one that would have won that game doesn't really matter because it's preseason but you still would like to see him hit in that uh that scenario um really happy with what we saw to skylar thompson um, you know, I think he's, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a find as a potential backup quarterback for this team. And, you know, in, in the long run, I actually felt like he played better than Bridgewater for the most part throughout the preseason from what I saw going against similar competition and playing with similar, uh, players. Um, but, uh, any other really glaring observations out of this preseason for you, Rob? No, I just, I just, I wish we could have a 70 man roster. I love the wide receiver depth. I love the guys that we've that we've had to re release or s put on the practice squad. I guess, I mean, two two of the three that I really like that we had that we had to give up are already back on the practice squad, and Sanders and uh, <clears throat> and uh, Craycraft, Lynn Bowden, Jr. We lost to the Patriots practice squad. Uh, well, I mean, I liked him. Thought he'd be a good punt returner. Um, I'd rather see him doing punts more than Igmanogany, but so be it. Um, yeah, 
Preston Williams era over um, to nobody's surprise. I'm sure he was, he had a terrible camp and just look like he had a terrible attitude. It seemed like throughout the, throughout the preseason. So uh, it's unfortunate. I really had high hopes for him. I know early on in his career, we were, uh, you know, we thought maybe we had a, had a find there, um, you know, for the, for the team, but just, just not a fit on this offense. Clearly. I mean, he um, was the perfect Devonte Parker replacement, you know, like Devonte Parker light. He could, he could flash <laughs> for a little bit, but he obviously wasn't nearly as good and <clears throat> was unavailable even more often. So yeah, you can't, you can't expect much. You can't, all your seven wasn't he like a seventh round or undrafted rookie? He was they, undrafted. Yeah, yeah undrafted they can't free. all be Skylers. <laughs> Skyler was drafted. He was a. I know seventh pick, round. So. Yeah, and still insane. So, um, and we didn't really touch on Ezekanma, uh, who I had a that that game he had against the Raiders uh, or not the yes the Raiders was uh, phenomenal. But uh, his whole camp, he, he looked great the whole camp. Like he, I really liked him. Um, yeah, so expect big things from him. I'm I'm hoping, yeah. To to me, I think he's the he's the third best wide receiver on the team. So uh, I hope he gets to play. Um, uh, you know, I, I like our wide receiver depth. Um, Waddle's dealing with uh, kind of a strange situation. There's not a lot of information about it. It did come um, out today. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Mike McDaniel is <laughs> something like very, 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 very optimistic that uh, Jalen Waddle will be ready for Week One. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been practicing. He, he started practicing lightly, I think, a little bit um, uh, last week. But I think he's actually, or maybe not practicing, but he was present. And then this week, he's been lightly participating in practice. So with another week, I'm, I'm sure he should be ready to go. It sounds like it's more precautionary than anything else, but... I think so. Yeah, I'm just hoping he's able to go. Um, it is interesting to me. We'll, we'll switch over to talk about the, the 53 and, and the, you know, the, it's probably going to change a little bit before opening day. I don't, maybe not much. Um, but I was surprised. Um, uh, you touched on Lynn Bowden being uh, cut and then picked up by the Patriots. He's a guy I thought they could have held on to. And maybe, you know, some of the guys that are on the 53, uh, Stephen Carter, Sylvan Ahmed, these are guys they could have stashed on the practice squad pretty easily. I would think um, maybe not Carter, but, Ahmed for sure. Like no one's no one's signing Sylvan Ahmed. Like that guy can you can st- you can stash him and keep Bowden, but apparently they they just didn't see the uh, the value or the fit there. Um, you know he goes to New England. Uh, team just a just seems to love taking wide receivers that are not good enough to make this team fun <laughs> <laughs> to their team. Um, so well, you know maybe they he'll do catch have on there. they do have our quarterbacks backup as their quarterback. So it seems it seems only right. This is this is true. This is true. Um, Devontae seemed to be the only bright spot for them. I don't want to talk about the Patriots too much, but he seems like he's he's had a good camp there. He's clearly the number one wide receiver um, in a very light wide receiver room. Um, I just hope it does not come back to bite us. We will we will talk about them next week. We we are going back. We're going back to weekly, folks, uh, and we yes. will be back next week to talk about the uh, Patriots game and the and get into all our normal weekly nonsense exactly um outside of that not a lot of other i guess big surprises um like i mentioned the the, the running back cutting michelle and uh and sanu were um you know those are named guys but i'm not surprised they didn't make the team i thought maybe michelle would make it because he's the only uh back that was in the the, the running back room that that kind of had the um you know the big like between the tackles type of runner um he's had a lot of success in this league doing that uh but yeah i guess it's just not a 
not a fit. He didn't look good in the preseason at all. Um, you know, he kind of looked like a combination of Malcolm Brown and Jordan Howard put together. <laughs> um, so not I've a, seen enough not enough a, of that. Um, so, but I just I was just surprised they decided to keep Ahmed Gaskin. You know, Ahmed and Gaskin. Uh, I thought is, I thought it would come down to one of them, but honestly, I did. You know, once looking at the way they both played in in camp and in the preseason. Yeah. It would to me the Michelle thing was a no brainer, and he wasn't like a last day cut. Like Sanu was cut early, and Michelle was cut pretty early after that. I don't know if that's like a veteran thing, give them more time to sign on, make teams give them a chance to resign, or if it's just like you're not even close. Like, we're... yeah, I feel like honestly, like I feel like Sanu was brought in because he, he was familiar with the offense, could kind of help, you know. Uh, you know, be kind of a role model of the players through camp. I don't think I, – I never thought he was going to make this team. Michelle, like I said, I thought, you know, he might give this, you know, a different look in the running back room. Maybe if Edmonds – or not Edmonds. Maybe if Mostert wasn't uh, back to full speed, you know, maybe he would have stuck on um, a little bit longer. But he was signed pretty quickly. Uh, the, the Chargers signed him uh, this week. So, um, so he will get an opportunity to play this season, it looks like. And he was signed to their 53 and not the practice squad. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, defense, no big surprises there. Um, you know, I think we're, we're pretty stacked. The, the, I love the Trey Flower signing. Uh, just give give some more depth to that front seven. That's oh, that's looking insane. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I saw something or I got a notification today that they signed uh, they signed somebody uh, like a defensive back. I, I know Logan Ryan was cut by the Bucks. Is it wasn't him. Would... No, it was a no. name I did not recognize. I could got I it. could look it up while you're while you're talking. Yeah, no worries. I was just I was curious. Um, I know they're 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 a little thin in the um uh, the defensive back room as we we talked about Byron Jones going on uh, the pup list, and also I know Needham's a little banged up as well. Um, so we'll be starting the year uh, with uh, Howard and most likely Igbenogany, and and hopefully Needham uh, as the as the top three. Those guys should be on the field. Um, there were some of the uh, some of the guys that that uh, that played in camp. The other corner, and I'm his name is escaping me. Um, but had a, a tremendous backstory. They were talking about him on the uh, the broadcast. Um, man, I'm a, I promise I'll be more prepared for these podcasts in the future this year. But uh, <laughs> no, he won't. Uh, but he that's had a nice fine. camp. He made the team. Uh, you know, he, he might be somebody that might be able to contribute. Oh, back oh, there. Kehu, uh, like uh, Ko. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That he's. Yeah. Yeah. Great story, and he did. Yeah. That like he was an undrafted guy. Was a surprise, but just had a great camp, and it was like, hey, you you know, earn your spot. Yeah. So it looks like Justin Bethel. I'm, I'm looking at your screen. So That's, Justin Bethel was the cornerback, cornerback that was signed for the for to help in the uh, defensive back room. Looks like Clayton Fagellum went on injured reserve, which I did not see. So uh, that's, pro- that's but that's the that's where we had room for Bethel. That was the, you know, that was the corresponding move. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then the uh, one of the undrafted free agents that we signed was a um, like a like a nickel. The uh, fastest man uh, in the draft. <laughs> that what's guy? that? The fastest no, guy not in the him. draft. Uh, Ber- uh, McKinley uh, from from Oregon. So a uh, teammate of Javon Howard in college, or Holland, Javon Holland in college, and um, he made the practice squad. Um, he had a nice camp too, from from what it sounds like. Uh, also, uh, Zaquandre White, who was a seventh round draft pick, running back out of South Carolina, but uh, thought he did some nice things in the preseason as well. Um, he did make the practice squad, so. Um, Dokes, they did not sign him to the practice squad. I thought he had a nice, uh, and, uh, you know, he looked good in the second half of that Eagles game, but everybody looked really good in that game. So, um, 
you know, not surprising that he didn't make the team. Seems like just maybe not a scheme fit. But um, yeah, uh, outside of that, again, no real surprises. Um, so let me ask one, you. Oh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. I was going to say you're talking about scheme fit. You are a much bigger Mike Gesicki fan than I am. What has your feelings been? Uh, obviously, we don't. Everybody knows what's been going on and stuff. But uh, where are you? Uh, where are you? Where, where, where's your heart lying on this? So I think he's a very unique talent. I would, you know, I'm I'm glad to see them working with him to try and you know get him to develop into a capable blocker, if nothing else, because everybody needs to block in this type of offense. Um, I recognize he's it, the like the skill set and the way he played recently is not a fit. Um, I would like to see him catch on. I would like to see him develop as a blocker because I really feel like if he can add that dimension to his game, he really is a game changer. I think he has every bit of talent. Like you know, he's every bit as, as talented as uh, Jimmy Graham or you know some other uh, you know notable pass catching tight ends that were not great blockers coming out that you know that developed into that over time i think that you know i would love to see that out of him um but if he doesn't fit uh you know i i wish him the best of luck i just hope he doesn't go anywhere in the division true well um, unless they but give I think, up a i think i think he will fit. i i did like to see like when the rumors started coming out i, I really liked that mcdaniel came out and, and stood you know stood up for him right away um you know he's clearly on the team I didn't mind seeing him get as, as many reps as he did in the preseason because, quite like you said, he needs them. Um, so, you know, I would, I think they're a much better and more dynamic team when he's on the field. If he can contribute as a blocker, that's, you know, that's going to be great for us because we don't – maybe that kind of goes into why they only kept five wide receivers because um, he's kind of a – he's a tight end slash wide receiver. Yeah, so. they may use him more. They could use him in the slot on certain packages <clears throat> with the other tight ends out there. By moving, yeah, by moving on from from Craycraft. I mean, uh, Ezekonma has you know more size than I, than I realized. Actually, watching him play, he plays you know he's six two, but he plays bigger than that. Um, but Gasecki is like the the one big body we have left. It used to be something we had in spades with you know De- Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gasecki, Matt Collins. Like those are all big wide receivers. Now, uh, really, it's just Gasecki and uh, you know uh, to a lesser extent Ezekonma. Um, who, who does play bigger um, than you know than he's than he's listed at? Yeah, when you're but outside of that, it's a lot of undersized wide receivers. When you're schemed wide open, you're big enough. Exactly. Exactly. The one the one thing actually, I don't think we the Cedric Wilson thing ends up. Obviously, when they signed him, they did not know they were getting Tyreek Hill. I think they would have been very happy not signing him if they knew Tyreek Hill was coming, and then there would have been room for for one more of those young guys, you know, under there. But not, that's to say, it's really nice to have uh, a veteran, you know, somebody with experience who's a good player, you know, in there for depth and just for for locker room. So I'm not against it. I don't like in Madden. I trade him away so i can get a fast guy in his place but in real football like it's a it's a great addition to the team he was that was my least favorite addition of the offseason i've been pretty vocal about that um yeah i i, I get it they said they they you know they signed him before they knew they were gonna have a chance of getting hill um you know it's just, it's it's very i mean just looking at it like he came in you know then they bring in hill and then you know and then that's that's when Parker became expendable. And it, to me, I don't think there's any comparison between Parker and Wilson. I think Parker is the vastly superior wide receiver. Um, that so, is so not true. I mean, I, 
on his on their best days, yes. But on their average days, Parker's not. I mean, Wilson hasn't done. I'm not gonna really. Well, I mean, whatever. Wilson hasn't well, done anything like he. Well, I mean, what, but the age, the age, and the injury. I mean, I would rather have. I would rather have Wilson than Parker at this point. We'll see. Um, you know, I, I, Cedric Wilson is the fourth best wide receiver in that room, in my mind. I mean, he's the third, but I get. It. But he. But the, I don't think so. Not you think right he's now. better than Ezekiel right now? Right now, yes. Just with the. You gotta let the make the let the guy let let easy play in one NFL game first before you go and, That's and crown him. Um, I mean, but I I've I I don't watch a lot of Cowboys games, but I mean, like I mean, he was like their he was like their fourth wide receiver last year. I mean, that was that that was a stacked wide receiver room, that Cowboy room last year. He, um, yes, and that was a fourth. I mean, when you're, you're talking, yeah, when you're talking about a, a pretty stacked room, and he was arguably and ended up because of injuries or whatever was like their third. Um, right, and like the gimmicky stuff you can do, like with the you know the the former quarterback stuff. Um, he's a smart player. He's, he's not a bad player. I just, you know, I just, yeah, but let's see, let's see. see. I mean, we haven't it. really seen the team, the whole team out there playing. Let's see how it shakes out. I think he's, I think he's going to be fine. Yes. I agree. If you knew you're getting Hill, you don't, you spend that money somewhere else or, or you don't, but it's, um, it's not like, it's not like you need a do over. You're, you're, it's fine having him. Agreed. Um, Outside of that, I, I'm well, oh, sorry, very happy. Yeah, go ahead. One last, how because you started talking about it, and I thought about it, and then I lost my train of thought because I'm doing a fantasy draft at the same time. By the way, Cooper <laughs> Cup fell to me at the eighth pick. I'm like PPR, PPR, uh, half point. But that's still, that's insane. Solid. I was not expecting it. Um, so, solid. So. How amazing you were talking about how the you know how the coaching staff and everybody came out and talked about McDaniel. how amazing is it how they've handled everything from the from the 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 Brady nonsense and the and the punishment to the Gesicki thing that they're just they're they're honest they're transparent they don't try to BS anything it's just like yeah my you know we had calls two two teams called because Mike's a good player it's expected I get calls I always answer the phone why wouldn't you answer the phone you're stupid not to it's just I don't know just the way they handle everything the way they've handled Tua to uh Captain Tua by the way um that was exciting yes yeah. saw that today that made me very very happy to see um and uh I guess I don't really know much about like the system for uh becoming captain or being nominated but they said this was uh he got the highest amount of points ever for a first time captain on the Miami Dolphins. So. Nice. Oh, it's probably was it like a like a ranked voting system or something. I'm assuming <clears throat> now, Lan- I don't know. Honestly, there we who cares don't want to talk about last year, but I even think it was like an awesome gesture of him like saying guys don't vote for me for captain, knowing that they were going for Watson and like he might he might be traded. He's like don't, you know, I might be traded, don't make me the captain i don't feel like i should be the captain yeah as hard as i've been on two on this podcast in the in the past um i've always maintained like he's a very likable very likable kid you and both of our listeners you want him to succeed you're rooting for him um you know i I hope we get to see it on the field we definitely saw we got a taste of it we've gotten little tastes of it throughout his career but you know hopefully we can see it with some consistency oh oh no me and both our listeners uh, are going to take you to the woodshed on how how negative you are on Tua and how you think he would never be good. 
I hope I've that got happens. the tapes. I, I know. I hope that <laughs> no, is the case. I, I would gladly, <laughs> gladly welcome that scenario. Like, I really hope that happens. So um, I do, you know, I like what I'm seeing. I de- definitely echo what you're saying about, the, you know, just the the overall um, environment seeming different under McDaniel. I've just loved everything that, you know, I've seen from him so far. Um, you know, I love the way he carries, carries himself, the air of positivity. Um, you know, it'll be, it's going to be fun to watch, I think, this year. And, you know, when, when we come back from break, which we're about to go on, uh, we'll talk about what we see with the season, um, you know, coming forward, looking at the schedule and doing what we like to do and break it out into quadrants. It's kind of weird now that there's 17 games and not 16 games, but uh, we'll do that when we come back from the break. So please stay tuned. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, I'm going to let James bring us back from break in a moment. As I let you know a little bit of behind the scenes, uh, I have somehow deleted all my audio from the second segment, so I'm going to be re-recording it to James's pre-recorded part so it's going to be cut up and weird all right james bring us back in and we're back um so for our hand small handful of listeners that uh that 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 know our typical show format um we're still in kind of off-season mode so we're not doing our regular season mode where we do nfl pick them and our little fantasy camp segment um but this being our preseason wrap episode we're going to do a look ahead at the Dolphins season. Um, we normally do this uh, before the season starts where we take a look at the schedule. We break it up into quadrants. Um, so the second quadrant is now comprised of five games, not four. Um, the other three quadrants have four games in them. Um, and Rob and I predict the outcome or the record of the Dolphins uh, for each quadrant. So um, without further ado, I will kick it off to Rob to go over um, the first quadrant and how he sees it playing out. All right. Thank you, James. Um, I think we're all familiar with the first four weeks of the schedule because they're going to be pretty tough, um, except for that week one, which uh, we'll get into because I believe we will crush them. Uh, but we have uh, home for New England at Baltimore, home for Buffalo, at Cincinnati to start. Uh, honestly, obviously, 0-4 would be disastrous. 1-3 could be successful. Um, honestly, if we go 2-2 t- two two here, that would be... I'd be pretty happy with 2-2. Two two. Obviously, anything above 2-2 two two would be incredible. But I think we can come out of this uh, 
two and two. I think beating New England to start the season should be easy. And easy. I think it's a game we should win. We're favored. Um, and then we just need to take one from the Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati. So I think we should start that quadrant there uh, coming out two and two. I would be ecstatic if we came out two and two out of those four games. Um, historically, I know I know we crushed Baltimore last year, but that team just traditionally adds the other way around. Um, I don't know how we're going to match up with them this time around. I don't know if it plays out anywhere near the way it played out on Thursday Night Football last year. I tend to doubt it. Um, uh, I don't know if you're keeping in mind they have signed Kenyon Drake. So if they're down by less than a touchdown with 10 or 11 seconds to go, uh, would you put a tight end back there? I think Gusecki would have taken a much better angle, actually. <laughs> nice. Um, so, uh, New England, I'm... I don't think it's quite as much of a sure thing as you do. Um, shocking there. We'll talk about that next week on the podcast. Um, Buffalo, like I said, it's going to be very, very difficult. And then Cincinnati, I think they're a very, very good team. And that is on the road on a Thursday night will be a tough one. So um, I agree. 0-4 would be disastrous. Um, you'd hate to see that with all the momentum that they have uh, coming out of the, you know, coming out of a uh, really good preseason and, um, and camp session. So, I'm going to go one and three. I think this is going to be a one and three start. Um, I hate to say it. It's just a really, really hard uh, four games out of the gate. Um, but I am hopeful for the second quadrants. And uh, Rob, why don't you go ahead and talk about those games? Ah, uh, yes. And this is uh, this is why we break them into quadrants, because you don't always in the games you're think you should <clears throat> you know on paper we could should win all of these games so we go we're at the Jets home for Minnesota home for Pittsburgh at Detroit and at Chicago so literally the two you know playoffish teams we get at home and the three disgusting teams uh we go on the road so five and oh is quite possible I just see we'll probably hit a snag I'm predicting we go four and one in this stretch um hoping for better but uh, I really don't see us uh, winning less than four of these games. I I also think four and one. I mean, five and zero oh would be ideal. Um, that'd be a great bounce back to going one and three. Um, you know, I just I know how hard it is. Even though we we did have a right, know. exactly. I mean, that's why we break this into quadrants. If you just look at it, the games you're supposed to win, the games you're supposed to lose. I mean, football never plays out like that. I mean, good teams lose to bad teams all the time. I mean, the Buffalo lost to the Jaguars. Nobody would have picked that. But when you put them in a group, you know, you figure you should win a certain amount of these games. Um, and that's why, yeah, that's why I'm not looking at them. Sure, we should win all five of these. But, some, you know, something's going to happen. A ball's going to bounce weird, uh, and you never know. Exactly. We're not picking each individual game. We're just saying what, what we think we're going to come out of uh, of these quadrants. So I'm going to go four and one here as well. Um, again, just because I do think uh, winning five games in a row is, is very, very difficult, uh, no matter who the competition is. Uh, so I think four and one is realistic. So through two quadrants, that would put my prediction for the team to be at five and four. And for you, we'd be uh, six and three. Um, so we both have winning records coming out of the kind of the halfway point going into the next quadrant. Uh, which is Cleveland, Houston, uh, at both at home. There's a bye in between those two games, and then at San Francisco, at Los Angeles. So the last two games of this quadrant, pretty challenging. Um, we don't know exactly what San Francisco is going to look like, but we do know what the Rams are. Obviously, we don't know what the injury situations are going to be like. 
Cleveland and Houston are very winnable games. I think we come out of this quadrant three and one. I actually have it at two and two. And honestly, three and one, I'd be thrilled. I think we should. We could. Um, but I'm just, you know, figuring maybe there's a bump in the road. Um, obviously, Cleveland and Houston, we expect to win, but I'm uh, predicting we come out two and two. A little slip up, are you thinking the, the, the 49er game, those two West Coast games? Possibly. I mean, unless I find out, are they going to be staying at your house? I hope so. Uh, I'm actually not going to be here. So that's a, that's another fun thing about this year. Um, the Dolphins, uh, who traditionally never come out to play San Francisco, um, now have will have been here twice in the past three years. Uh, the first time they were here was the pandemic and no one could go to the game. And this year I will be at a wedding, so I will not be able to attend that game either. And I don't know the next time they'll be back to San Francisco. So won't be going to that game, which I'm not very happy about, but uh, such is life. So I think through three quadrants, we are we are even now. We're at uh, we're both eight and five. Eight and yeah, eight and five. So we're predicting them to be eight and five going into the last four games of the year, uh, which is kicked off by a nice trip to Buffalo. Then we get to come home for the Green Bay Packers, going to New England, and then home again for the Jets. So no picnic those last four games. Uh, two very difficult games, and you know two division games, which are kind of you know they could go uh, any way. Um, I'm going to predict two and two here, um, and I'm, I think that's pretty optimistic because I you know I wouldn't be shocked if they dropped three of these. Um, but I think a, a two and two finish is uh, what we're looking at here. Oh, you hater! This is when this is when the boys get their playoff legs. This is when they start putting it together. I have three and one again. I think the New England. I think the the, the New England and New York. I think those are games we can and should win. Um, and then I'm I'm splitting the Buffalo Green Bay. I think we could take one of those. I think we can come out of this at three and one. So that gets you to your prediction or your predictive record for this Miami Dolphin team at 11 and six. Uh, that puts me at 10 and seven. I think either one of those records would most likely get us into the playoffs. So obviously at 11 and six, I think definitely gets us in 10 and seven might be a little bit of a bubble team. Um, but I do think 11 and six would probably push the second place in the division um, and uh, definitely get us a wild card spot. I, I think Buffalo obviously is the, uh, the class of the division again, which Pains me to say, um, I hate them more than I think any team <laughs> that I've hated any team ever. So, uh, yeah, not not very happy about that. But uh, all spade a spade, it's a very good football team, um, and I think uh, they'll most likely take the division this year, barring injury. Of Hating course. them more than the uh, Brady Pats is just insane. How, how is your fantasy draft going, Rob? Uh, it's a little, uh, I was ecstatic to have Cooper Cup fall to me, but then I reached for Javante Williams, also took Lamar in the fifth when I probably shouldn't, so my running backs are a little thin. Um, I was a little too distracted, didn't really follow my plan. Uh, well, Lamar Jackson's basically a second running back. That is true. So I guess this this will be a nice segue into, let's do a Miami, since we're not doing fantasy camp this week, why don't we do a kind of fantasy outlook of the Miami Dolphins this season? Um, this is the first year we've had, I think, a, uh, you know, a legitimate, uh, you know, first or second round type of player in, in quite some, some time. Um, I do think Tyreek Hill is going to put up big numbers this year um, in this offense. Uh, he's definitely going to be a volume guy, I would think. Um still has obviously still has the jets and the you know the big play capability um 
I would, you know, I, I'm very high on Tyreek Hill. I think he's a wide receiver one for sure. And we haven't had a player like that in a long time. Oh, completely agree. The fact that he's falling in drafts, it's crazy. I was just, I was at the wrong side. He's at like the two, three turn. I was at the one, two turn. I, I, I'm going to have a lot of Tyreek in my drafts. The fact that people have him outside the top 10 is insane. So my next question is in, in deeper league. So I'm in a, I'm in a dynasty league and I actually, uh, tried to trade for it's a, one of those two. We were talking about this off air. It's a two, it's a super flex where you can start two quarterbacks, and I hate that. I like it. Um, but I was trying to, I was trying to trade for two to get him into my, my second quarterback spot. Um, so I'm still actively pursuing that. Um, but I'm, I'm, as I said, you know, not traditionally haven't been a, uh, you know, a big believer in Tua, but, um, I, uh, I I bet on him, you know. I, I I would bet on him this year. I don't know if he's a, a QB one, um, but I think uh, I, I think he could put up some numbers this year. Ah, welcome back to the uh, bandwagon. Yeah, um, you you don't have to draft him because nobody's drafting him unless it's a super deep league. Um, the first four weeks right. will be tough, so you know he'll be on the waiver wire. Um, I definitely will be streaming a streaming candidate. Uh, not, you know, everyone will be talking about how they can stream him later in the in the season. Especially not even that late, that second quadrant. I think he'll be quite startable there. You know, if you if you have a problem with one of the top guys, agreed. Um, Waddle, I think, is definitely a guy that, that you know, definitely a wide receiver too this year. I would think. I think he's still he and Hill. I think are both um are both draftable uh both big play guys i think they're gonna have both high volume numbers um so th- that's another one and then uh the other guy we talk about is uh Gusecki. um you know i think he's yeah i think he should get drafted oh no he's going undrafted in a lot of leagues yeah i mean he's he's definitely worthy of drafting though like he should be you know he's not going to be a, a waiver guy i don't think i mean maybe, maybe no 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 he's a waiver guy i mean he's even in this league right here oh, smaller leagues yeah i can see that yeah and sure in smaller leagues he's like and the league i i mean i see him ranked like 14th in a lot so he'll be on the waivers unless he proves otherwise really yeah you don't see him as a top 10 i i see i have him as a top 10 i would but i haven't really done a lot of homework on this yeah no i mean again it there's a lot of questions about how he'll be used we we got five tight ends on the roster um right now i the draft i was in the uh, last this draft we just did he was drafted in a in a 12 team league is he listed as a wide receiver <laughs> no still a tight end he may have a good season i'm hoping he does he's got the talent again no idea how he'll be used in this offense um so to me he'll be uh if he's on the waiver wire uh or i mean if you want to stash him yeah i think he's i mean i think he's worth it just to you know just seeing how the tight end is used in this offense again he's not he is not george kittle (laughs) that's that's not who he is right now um but um you know i i I think uh if he can develop as a blocker he'll be a very very valuable piece of this offense i think true um and then the running backs i don't know if any of them are draftable um but i do think in deeper leagues what no 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 no. chase is draftable. In like pprs maybe i guess in all all leagues chase, i mean he was later like a sixth round draft but i think he went in the fourth or fifth round all right um i i i i i think most it's going to be the more i, I think he's going to see more of like the the rushing types of uh, of plays so um what no way uh no, Chase was brought in to be the guy. He's gonna he's gonna be the he's gonna be the the main man. We shall see. 
Oh no, I will. You, I'll put a bet on this if you want. I'll. Uh, I don't know how to do it, but uh, Chase is the Chase is going to be the guy. I feel like we had a. Uh, I feel like we had a similar conversation at the end of last week's podcast. I'm telling you, Mostert is the perfect fit for this offense, and McDaniel knows it. Like he's going. I'm not saying he's not going to use Edmonds. I'm. They're both going to get a lot of touches. I just feel like Mostert's going to be the one that gets the majority of like the rushing touches. Like I feel like in like base running packages, it's going to be Mostert ahead of ahead of Edmonds. Now they're going to be doing a lot of a lot of shotgun, and I think in the shotgun snaps it'll be mostly. No, no, Chase got the big contract first. He was the first signing of the of the whole free uh, free agent period. <laughs> well, we will be playing fantasy camp every every week this year, so one of us will most likely have Edmonds, and one of us. We'll most likely have Mostert, so we'll get to see firsthand. Um, no, I'll I'll put Edmonds on my team every week. Oh, so for the year? Yeah, for the year. You get Mostert, <laughs> I get Edmonds. Just pencil it in. I'm not opposed to it. We'll discuss. We'll discuss it offline. That could be something that we do. Um, we just draft our teams for the year, right? Because Waddle Hill. You want Waddle or Hill? I mean, I definitely want well, Hill. Well, that's that's going to depend on who's picking first that week on who gets exactly. Hill. Exactly. And the tight end room. I mean, who knows? Who knows how that's going to play out? Uh, we we so, got to we got to figure we'll out. See. Yeah, we got to uh, figure out. The, uh, actually, last year I think we went all flex because we didn't have that many options. Right. But now we've got, you know, we've got a million tight ends, a, mil- a million running backs and all and a handful of good wide receivers. Uh, a lot of choices here. You know, maybe we, we got to work on the rules uh, before before next week and we get started. I'm the offense. The, the things that I'm most excited about the offense outside of the obvious with, with Tyree Kill are just the. The coaching staff that has been put together and the scheme that they're running, it just looks so much more fluid than, I mean, I remember watching this team in the preseason last year and the year before that. Um, And I mean, even the years when, you know, Gase was here and Philbin, you know, those are offensive coordinator type of, of, you know, uh, coaches or their offensive coaches, but those, those offenses just never really, they never gelled you know the way you thought there were some years with philbin where i thought the offense was was pretty solid Um, so you just said like philbin and like good offense on gase uh well i mean there there was i mean they didn't yeah the the offense had some decent numbers on if you go back and look at them um yeah i'm just it's i'm just looking forward to the way like as you were saying i'm looking forward to the way this team handles everything the way the the coaching staff handled the Brady nonsense and the and you know and and how they're bringing the best out of Tua and and it's just been it's just been fantastic. I'm just so excited for this team. It's just, you know check your pulse. That's kind of what I was getting to. Thank you. Yeah, the offensive line looks good. This is you know kind of going back to like the, while, while we were recapping like the things we noticed in the preseason. Um, you know I, there was a lot of you know Larnell Coleman um, who was a seventh round draft pick I believe last year. Uh, was was starting a lot, you know, playing a lot at left tackle for the first two games, and then he didn't really get much run in the third game. And it was uh, Greg Little, who was a, a high draft pick of the Carolina Panthers that we were able to acquire last year. I mean, I thought he played very, very well in that Eagles game. Um, and I think he's a – obviously he's not a starter, but, like, that's the kind of depth that you now have on this team. Um, he's somebody that can, that can push Austin Jackson. I like seeing Austin Jackson starting at right tackle. I like that he's getting the opportunity. I think with the coaching and the scheme, like I think he'll actually be a decent uh, addition to this team. But you know, the offensive line that we have, and we talked about it a little bit last week too, is you're going to have Armstead at left tackle, who's you know a bookend, you know, one of the best in the league. Hopefully, he plays all six, all 17 games and and stays healthy or a majority of the games. 
that's a huge addition. Now you move Eichenberg to, to left guard. It seems like a natural fit for him. That's a pretty strong left side of the, of, of the offensive line. Um, the, the, the signing of uh, Connor Williams at center. Um, I think that's a good, uh, that's a good fit, a uh, good scheme fit. I think he's going to work out really, really well for us as a center. Uh, the right guard of uh, Robert Hunt, he was the maybe the only good offensive lineman we had last year. And then Jackson at right tackle. And then you have some of these guys, you know, you have Dieter, you have um, Greg Little. I was surprised that they that they cut Kinley. I, you know, I thought, you know, I guess he just doesn't fit. But no other team picked him up either. Yeah, so, he, you know, he did not make the practice squad. I know. He did have a good camp. I was a little surprised at that one. Yeah, I thought he'd be, a, you know, a nice depth piece. Um, but, uh, you know, apparently not. But... Either way, like that, but that's the kind. What I'm, the point I'm making is that's the kind of offensive line you know we have now. It seems like these guys know what they're doing. They have assigned roles and positions. It's not like they're just, hey, this week let's try Hickenberg at right tackle. You mean yeah? You mean it's like we actually they're actually being coached and told where to go and what to do. It would it see it now looking back, it seemed incredible that you know Greer could be in a good a pretty good GM and whiff on every single. Uh, offensive lineman he ever drafted maybe just maybe uh it's because there was nobody teaching these guys what to do yeah just the fact that now uh with this staff and the way they're and uh the way they're teaching the young guys and adding armstead i mean that's incredible to add a number one anchor like that you know like i think i we probably said it last time it's like adding an ace in baseball right it's like now all of a sudden you're your number one and number two and number three guys are two, three, and fours, and you've got this beast in you know anchoring, anchoring the line and making everyone better. It's just, it's just ah. Oh, so I'm excited because uh, because all those guys that were garbage last season, they actually look like they could be good. They just need to be good. They don't have to all be all pros, but you know if Jackson and Eichenberg and Hunt are just good. Yeah, exactly. And you're not depending on the likes of. Jesse Davis to start at left tackle for you. Oh, um, yeah, you now and now in your new Pittsburgh Steeler. They traded for him. They traded for him. That's crazy. I think that might have been the one I saw. It was like a late seventh. I don't care. They gave they gave something up. I don't care what it was. They they went out there's they're like we're going to give you an asset for this. No, but I think it was actually like a 2024 seventh. It wasn't even a 2023 seventh. I've never actually seen, outside of a pick swap, I've never seen something so bad in a in a trade offer. It might have been something else I saw come across, but I'm pretty sure it was it was the Jesse Davis one. But Davis also is like, I will say, like, I mean, he was on the team for a few years and he was serviceable. Like, again, like under Gase's offense, he actually was a decent offensive lineman somehow, you know, but that's it. Coaching matters like scheme, like those things, like it's more important in football than any other sport. Um, And, you know, we unfortunately we got a firsthand look at, you know, what absolutely just abhorrent coaching looks like on the offensive side of the football. And last year was difficult to watch. So. I'm really excited about this season. Um, you know, I, I feel good. Like I, like I said, they've done a really nice job of changing the mentality. It seems like it seems like the players are buying in. It seems like you know, they're, they're if they're getting behind Tua and voting him to be the captain. You know, it seems like there's, there's no dissent there. You know, they you know they they believe in him. Last year it seemed like there were all these question marks and there wasn't like they weren't very clear. Um, they've been crystal clear. Like they've been clear. Like you know, everybody knows what their role is. You know, and it. it one of the things too about last year was like it didn't seem like they were just being like 
misleading to the to the media and the public it seemed like the players themselves didn't know what their roles were or how they were valued by the team or what they were supposed to be doing so you just you're never going to be successful as an organization if that's the case oh i I agree it just seemed like everybody was walking on eggshells it was a terrible environment and honestly on the tua thing like i thought that was huge of him last year to to be like hey don't take himself out of the running for captain because he's like i might not even you know you guys are looking at other people we'll don't make see. me captain i mean we, we will see because give flow credit like he went 10 and 6 and then 9 and 8 last year so two winning two winning records in a row like that's something that hasn't been done by a dolphins coach in a long time so you know mcdaniel he's you know he's, he's gonna have to live up to that as well um but it just it feels better like it feels better to look at so yeah i can't wait for it and uh it's going to be great. All right. So uh, House of the Dragon, Rob, uh, you all caught up? Uh, did you want to take a little break and come back for nonsense or just uh, get right into it? Just a little nonsense before we part ways. All right. Perfectly. Well, uh, no, I'm not interested in your uh, dragon shows. You're not watching it. Not at all. Don't care. Because of how poorly the Game of Thrones ended? Exactly. I mean, I don't. I know it's different people, but I don't. I'm. I'm not really into it. But it's not. It's not them anymore. Benioff and Weiss have nothing to do with it. I don't care. There's no source material. It's just. I. The story's been told. I don't want to go back. I'm not a prequel guy. I don't like. I don't care. I don't like. I don't like the going back. I like keeping the back. Let me in the. I. It's. I'm. It's great. The first two episodes have been amazing. Like, it's. Yeah, it's every bit as good as as the first couple episodes of Game of Thrones, right, well, if not better. Well, if, I'll wait till the whole thing's out and maybe, but right. You should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not going to do it. Oh, man. Wow. Very, very disappointed to hear that. Well, is there any anything good that you've seen lately? Do you like She-Hulk? Did you watch that? Because that's nowhere near as good as House of the Dragon. All right. So this is where I realized. Oh. When did you stop recording you? Yeah. See? So we didn't get any of this. Yep, that's James realizing that I just told him that I didn't record any of my parts from there. Um, I have, I am watching She-Hulk, and I am enjoying it. Um, there's the uh, my usual shows. I'll just let the world know. Uh, still love what we do in the shadows. Uh, Reservation Dogs and... Um, and I enjoyed only murders in the building. Those are like my, the ones I was watching on Hulu. I got, I do have a bunch of shows to get caught up on. Um, I I guess we'll find out if, uh, James is loving his dragons. We'll find out next week if he's, uh, into the Lord of the Rings and if he watched that one. But, um, basically it's just me now. James is gone. He had finished the conversation. I felt bad for messing up so instead of making him re-record the whole thing i just put my parts in between and tried to remember i think they mostly lined up so let's go dolphins see you next week